Welcome to the Evolve Mindset. My name is Chelsea Browse, but most know me online as Chelsbra. I'm an awakening mentor and somatic sexologist who's passionate about the continuous evolution of consciousness. If you're looking to evolve your sex life, career, relationships, finances, or health, then it begins with your mindset and this podcast is for you. My goal is to use this container to provide the tools, knowledge, and insights to further your potential and evolution. I know we're going to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pressing play and let's evolve. Hello, my beautiful soul fam. Thank you so much for joining me in another episode at the Evolve Mindset. I am so honored you're here, so thank you so much. Today, though, I am excited to introduce Matthew. He's an award-winning video editor and archetype photographer turned embodied speaker and sexuality leader with a passion for men's empowerment. Matthew has a fire in his belly in removing guilt and shame around sexuality and improving sexual education in schools for young boys to remove the need to overcome sexual dysfunction and porn addiction. Matthew has suffered from premature ejaculation for over a decade and having to relearn to feel his emotions as a reoffending nice guy. He is a stand for expression in all forms with an emphasis on men relearning to, to feel their emotions and self-worth and speak from their hearts. Hmm. Such a beautiful conversation and so much juicy tidbits. We speak about ancient Tantra secrets and how to prolong um, your sex life and how to add add some life into it. We also speak on self-pleasure practice and what it's really been for him. We also speak on his journey on overcoming premature ejaculation and what he's really done. And we slash a lot of the myths that you would Google to last longer. So let's get in there because I know you guys can't wait for this. Thank you so much for joining me today in this today's episode. Um, I want to thank you and I honor you for your presence and you being open and honest and coming on. And is there anything you'd like to share about yourself? Hey, Chelsea, thank you so much for having me. I have come from being a school captain to being a video editor being a multi-award winning video editor. And now my journey has looked like being an up and coming sexuality leader. And I wouldn't say that has been a linear process. And who I was 10 minutes ago, I'm not now. My Beautiful. Mm. I love that, thank you. Um, one thing that really stands out to me about your journey, and it's only because of the Institute that we're currently studying at a new paradigm intimacy that I've been able, been able to be touched by your path. Um, and I'd love to bring it up to the listeners and it's your path from being an unconscious sexual being to a now conscious sexual being. Um, do you care to share a bit of your journey with that? Sure. So quite vividly. Uh, my first, and I'm going to pre-frame now. Um, Mm -hmm. thank you for having me on here. And if I want my words to be a placeholder for what I'm transmitting. So you may receive the message in between the words. Also know that I'm held to a different standard in some instances to women. I can represent the collective unconscious pain of of men that have perpetrated women. So when I share words like PE, which stands for premature ejaculation, there can be this sort of uh, tightening of the throat moment. And that can that is both because that is is heavy to attach to that label. And because I'm a person in a male body speaking about this topic. Mm. So I'm pre-framing that now as if I bring up any terms that have a charge and you feel a weight in your body, 
know that you don't have to attach to those and they don't mean anything about you. Uh, I've spent many years holding on to shame and guilt in my physical body. And that hasn't been helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Mm. Totally. I know shame and guilt can be such a heavy, dense energy to hold on to and toxic, really Um, toxic for our own body, toxic for the bodies that we share our life with. Mm. So what is really clear for me in speaking about my journey? So when growing up in school, I know that I had peer pressure from friends to lose my virginity. And my best friend at the time was the guy that was very successful with the ladies. And that brought up insecurity in me as it was almost celebrated when that person was, and the terminology was losing your V card. Mm. Yeah. And as if this is a metaphor, I really wanted to mail that quite quickly to sender, whether that be me or someone else. I wanted to get that process over the, yeah, out of the way, let's say. Uh, So my first opportunity to have a sexual interaction, I, I chose a woman that was linked to my gym instructor because I liked the gym instructor, but I didn't necessarily do my research around who I was relating with, nor did I, yeah, it it sort of just happened. And, and in that process, uh, the day after losing my virginity, that woman uh, self-harmed and said, I cut myself because of you. So Mm. on my first sexual experience, I took on in my physical body without knowing it or without knowing how to process the emotions and trauma of that experience that my sex or my sexual energy or my pleasure hurts women or hurts people. So I was already very academic at school. I was already playing out this idea of the people pleaser and that really cemented that in for me. I wanted to do everything in my power to not be a perpetrator, to, to, to not take for my pleasure from women. And as a result, that in short made me a weak man. Mm. And there was no sexual education that I received during this time or healthy rite of passage as a man to transition through this period. Or all I can recall is other men showing me their phones where they were watching pornography. And that was my sexual education. So there's this burning desire in me to, to teach young men and re-educate young men and help young men remember that consent, that boundaries, that women's menstrual cycles, that all of and uh, pleasure anatomy, all of this stuff is integral to know before we, before I and before others can relate in a healthy way. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Um, I feel like there's a lot to dissect there. Mainly, um, what I found really interesting is your perception of really trying to embody um, as you're growing up in your journey um, not to be that perpetrator not to be the aggressor and just really trying your best not to be this aggressive masculine energy essentially Mm -hmm. Um, do you care to share like your journey along with that and like uh, have you ever faced the further accusations along the run have you ever had like feeling um, the harding hearted enough for you to balance keeping that masculine energy in check or keeping that masculine energy in a like a more of a balanced way Mm. the the ironic part of this is I represent that energy right now. The moment I pick up the microphone, I represent that energy without, mm. without doing a single thing. It, it is part of, of, of who I be as the collective unconscious. And that's what I was really pre-framing at the start. So I don't have to do anything. And already 
there's this responsibility on me to protect. Mm. So what that looked like for me, quite, quite simply, uh, I'm not sure if you're recording video, but if you are, this will help me explain. So I mm -hmm. learned some, I learned some healthy behaviors about myself through the archetypes. And mm -hmm. up here I've got the light feminine, the light masculine, the dark feminine, and the dark masculine. So let me get another color here with my spare hand. Well, wow. all right, how can I do this? Well, um, I was here, light masculine, people pleaser, uh, numb, numb to my emotions, uh, white knight and, and rescuer. And what that mm -hmm. meant was every relationship I ever called in was this, was this pole. So I would call in dark yep. feminine women and I would hold her emotions. And because we were both out of balance around here, where, where loves, where love and integration is in the center, I would always call in role mate relationships that involved codependency and trauma bonding. Mm. And this is literally what caused premature ejaculation because Definitely. I would, I would outsource my power in shadow over to this person here. And they would literally pull my life force from me because I was, I was outwardly giving it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't feel worthy of knowing what my wants, needs and desires were. I had a five year mm -hmm. relationship and I don't believe my partner knew what my wants, needs and desires were because quite simply I didn't. I didn't know I was worthy of those things. So there was no vocabulary to, to express. I also didn't have a compass of how to feel my emotions. So a lot of what this course has been around, one of the biggest breakthroughs for me was just crying, right? Mm. And relearning how to, uh, and that sounds sort of weird and kind of simple and it's just, you know, just cry. But I built up so many mechanisms and so many reserves to, to avoid that. And, and in that anxious avoidant style, it would be like, okay, so I've got a, I've got a, a family member that's passed. I, I've, I've got, have some sort of tragedy in my life and it's like, Oh, all the lids come off this. No. Nah, okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to close this, close this right up. And then I'm going to put this on the shelf. I'm never going to feel that again. Mm -hmm. And the collective grief that I would feel in my physical body was so much that bringing in sort of a toil or, or a shovel down into that well, that that was not something I was willing or even had the capacity to do uh, because underneath the anger would sit the sadness and under the sadness was the grief. And I didn't want to look at that grief. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a very common thing for a lot of people, even myself. I know I've bottled it up. I know I've buried all my grief and all my sadness, even just hiding it with anger. For me, that is a really big thing. Like really, like for me, I'm a, for my human design, I'm a manifester and I'm emotion, an emotional authority. So anger for me, that is just what comes and screams out when I'm sad, when I'm frustrated, when I'm just all these different things. So, and it just really comes to avoiding that sadness, avoiding that grief, avoiding feeling anything really is what, what it ends up being for you because you're end up polarizing that, that pleasure mechanism that we have. Um, I also wanted to touch base a little bit on what you said about the feminine and the masculine energies. Mm. And I've also learned a lot about that. And it's quite interesting to see the types of relationships that we're actually polarizing and bringing into us. Like you mentioned for yourself, you're mostly in that light masculine, which polarizes towards the dark feminine, which is a very manipulative um uh, projecting their emotions, um, oh, seductress, like all of these interesting orchestrator, like all these interesting things. Um, but it can be quite toxic when you're polarizing that individual in your life. Um, for me, I've, I've actually quite honestly been a lot in my light masculine too. So when you're talking about that numbness, when you're talking about that people pleasing, that's also been me. I've had all those traits and I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to these traits too. 
Um, and it, I highly suggest a lot of people to look deeper into their feminine, their masculine energies, because you'll uncover so much with your relationships and with yourself. Mm. So that was what played out and, and that was my default. So my default archetype was light masculine. And that it's also really mm-hmm. common because it represents the, the energy of, of what's running society right now. If you picture mm-hmm. a lot of structure and there's a lot of physical structures that are being erected, right, in, in society mm-hmm. right now, there's a lot of skyscrapers, there's a lot of doing energy, there's a lot of holding space for people's emotion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and this in, in, in love is the energy of, of Christ consciousness or Jesus Christ. And when I say Jesus Christ, it's not because I'm pertaining to a particular religion. Like if you look over my shoulder, there's a, <laughs> there's a painting mm-hmm. of Buddha. You know, uh, when, I say, mm-hmm. when I say God, I don't mean the man with a, with a long fluffy beard, you know, mm-hmm. in this context, mm-hmm. I'm meaning energy within. So I would find myself closer to God or, or closer to my own empowerment or self-worth when I've strengthened many of these internal polarities that coexist within myself. So what feels relevant is, is the opposite pole and how that's played out for me. So then mm-hmm. for me to move out of my light masculine, I started adopting some more dark masculine traits. And in that process, I was projecting like horizontally onto friends. I was Mm -hmm. physically crossing their boundaries for my pleasure. Like I just had to Mm pre-frame with them when I was hanging out with them. It's like, Hey, I'm swinging the pendulum into my dark masculine energy. This is not common for me. And I I apologize ahead of time because I was just being not very nice really until Mm -hmm. until I could bring that back into balance. I, re- I did, I did have to polarize. I, I was, I remember I was at a friend's house and I was just eating all of his food. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and in that process, uh, that stopped, I, I then developed stronger boundaries. I then developed figuring out what my, what my no, that's a very beautiful set of letters here. Uh, what my no looked like standing for myself, really connecting to purpose. Mm-hmm. And I was still doing, I was still in go. I was still in actualization. And what a lot of this course has been has then the, the gold usually is in the opposite archetype. So if I want mm-hmm. my, my partner to be a certain way, if I swap, if I swap my energy, then they can, they can become the opposite. So what happened mm-hmm. for me is I actually realized very, very recently, very, very recently in, in what the light feminine represents. So she's the energy of surrender, of flow, mm-hmm. of allowance. It can be the maiden, the mother, archetype mm-hmm. and I didn't necessarily know what that felt like in my body mm. so I would be really goal focused I would be actualizing my my business uh I was in in a bit of my my dark feminine in my seductress in the void in the in the not knowing in, in the in the, the mm-hmm. space of uncreation or chaos and even destruction in, in a beautiful way, like te- tearing everything down to allow energy to be birthed through me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I had that and I had that in spades in my first relationship too, just unhealthily. Like if I would get angry, then I would just verbally project onto my, onto my ex-partner because that's how I knew how to handle my emotions. I'd just go red and then I wouldn't even know what I was saying. Um, so coming into balance with that, it was like, this was the final archetype to really embody for me. So Mm. as you know, this, this course is a lot about, it's about slowing down from the mind, dropping from Mm -hmm. thoughts, 
emotions, feelings, and sensations. And at that sensation level, the, the woman that ran, that runs our course, she said to me, uh, Matt, it seems like you've been, you've been chasing this dark masculine energy. Uh, is it in fact that you were looking for your inner king? And, and this has been thrown around in the spiritual community so much that I'm a part of. It's like, where, where are the kings at? Mm. Where, are the, where are the kings to, to meet all of these, these powerful women do, doing the work? And, and she said, do you know what, Matt, what the, the archetype of the king is if you were to overlay the king, the warrior, the magician and the lover over the top of the of the map that I just explained. And I was thinking, what would the king be? I'm like, is the king dark masculine? She's like, no. It's like, was the king light masculine? You know, and she said, the king is light feminine. And, and the king just sits there. He just sits there on his throne and he allows his subjects to come up to him receive and he just receives he receives their love he receives their gifts and and he comes from the heart and in that space there isn't anything he does and i didn't realize how on the opposite pole of that how strong i've been in my warrior <laughs> and and sometimes in a polarized way, like the energy of the warrior in balance is that he will pull out his sword and he will cut the head off of his opponent in, in truth. That truth will cut through steel and he'll take that sword and he'll put it back very deliberately into, its, into his holster. He doesn't run around with the sword, you know, run around with it always out. Otherwise there wouldn't be the deliberateness of that. Uh, and I've seen the parts of myself as I integrate this more and more day after day where I can be running and I can be pushing and I can be forcing. And it's a nice reminder for me to put my sword away sometimes. Mm. Mm. For sure. Thank you. That's beautiful. I appreciate all all those words you've just shared. Um, I'd really love to know, now that you've really shared bits and pieces of your archetypes and your ways of balancing and staying heart-centered in your feminine, your masculine energies, which is so important. I feel like that's an entire episode on its own, <laughs> um, which will be. So to, that's a shameless plug. <laughs> um but I'd also love to know a little bit more um, about premature ejaculation. For me, um, I don't have a lot of experience with it. And I'm, maybe listeners do, maybe they don't. Um, but I'd love for you to share how that journey has been for you on uh, a self-confidence level. So with the relationships you've had going in, knowing that you have premature ejaculation, how did that look for you? That looked petrifying. That, that's what it looked like. That looked like mm. that looked like shame. That looked like uh, in the early days, it would it would look like me overgiving again. I would do everything else around the main event to, mm -hmm. and then I'd become like an expert at massage or something. Like <laughs> it's like I'm a masseuse. Right. I'm like I've become a masseuse <laughs> overnight because because I've had to become really effective with my hands because if I was to actually own, cause I wasn't, if I was to own that I had premature ejaculation, then that would mean I'd have to be vulnerable, which would mean I'd have to take my social mask off. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that would represent insecurity in me. And if we are using some of these mental models, uh, I'm a crusader in epigenetics and my biggest fear is fear of failure. And, mm and I can strive for status and significance. And that's also really helpful. If I have healthy validation and healthy significance that allows my, my, my buoyancy to be on a stage that allows my, yes. that allows me to, to be lifted. Right. Uh, 
Mm -hmm. I need to stand in the spotlight to actually deliver what it is I'm here for. Uh, so yeah, it's really curious then how, how that played out. So either it was pure avoidance and then, and then shame, or I'd hide the shame in my body. So if I ejaculated quickly, I would just sort of, uh, yeah, many, many different techniques back then. There was, I watched a lot, mm -hmm. I watched a lot of porn as well when I was young mm -hmm. and I thought that edging, I thought that edging to porn uh, would, would be an effective strategy because if I could last longer, then that would sort, yep. that would sort everything out. And that's every, all, all anyone would teach me. It's like, and self-pleasure wasn't a thing. It wasn't, it wasn't me with me. And if it was me with me, it would be friction-based stimulation, which would mm -hmm. involve touching any other part of my body. It'd be very goal-orientated and goal-centered. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned edging. I feel like anyone that has premature ejaculation or anyone that wants to learn about it or help maybe their partner, that's the first thing they do. They Google how to cure premature ejaculation. What can I do for how to last longer? You know, like all those catchy Google things you can search mm. and what comes up edging comes up what also comes up lubrications or special numbing creams or pills like, weird, weird medication pills and then now it was funny for me well it actually wasn't funny at all it was filled with shame and it's kind of funny as well uh <laughs> all of these ads would start coming onto my Facebook and it's like oh here we mm. go uh, it's like hey do you want to overcome this and what happened at the start of this course which was early in the start of the year, I actually enrolled in an ejaculation control course. And that involved lots of PC muscle squeezes that involved yogic breathing up and down the body. Mm. That meant uh, communicating with, with your particular partner and setting boundaries around something that I was journeying with. So that might mean, hey, yeah, it was really an examination of the point of no return and that can look like a graph. So with a lot of ejaculation, it's kind of, it goes from zero to 80% really quickly. And then if this is a graph, it just, it tapers off, like it tapers off and then that experience is over. Mm. Whereas if I built up my tolerance, maybe over time, my 80% my became my 60%. And in this range of really consciously slowing down with my partner, like mm -hmm. this could be a whole discussion in itself. Like what's coming through with, yeah. I read a book called the heart of tantric sex and really mm -hmm. some of the tantric tools would be eye gazing. And the second I connect with my partner's eyes, my breath automatically syncs up. And that's two, two of the tools. And if your breath is synced up with your partner, Theoretically, you shouldn't be able to ejaculate quickly. But most of the time, I'm not looking at my partner. I'm in my head yeah. and I'm sort of floating away. I'm sort of floating out of my body because I'm, I'm thinking about ejaculating. And what do you think happens when I think about something I don't want to do? It right? <laughs> so right now, right now, viewers, don't think about a pink elephant. Mm -hmm. It's happening. Yeah. And then <laughs> the brain doesn't understand don't. It's like I'm telling myself, hey, don't, don't come. So why am I thinking about that? Because my thoughts become my reality. So it's as much a, psych exactly. as much a psychological issue as it is an embodied one. And simply, if I just established a new belief, like uh, it's not a thing, it's act like a premature ejaculation isn't a thing, that's actually more empowering for my brain. Because biologically, I'm wired to, to impregnate a female, right? And if I do that in the most effective, quickest way possible, I win. Mm -hmm. Like biologically, from a biological standpoint, I, I achieved the goal. I did it. Like I did the thing. So part of me should also be celebrating that I did the thing. <laughs> so that, that could be, that could be one reframe. It's like you achieved your biological purpose, brother. Well done. Like this is the energy of like, boom, high five. Maybe I want to communicate yeah. with my partner like, hey, if I ejaculate quickly, can you love on me more? Can you desire me more? If I go into a shame spiral and my body physically curls up, 
I, I would love it if you desired me more in this moment and then see how, how that may open up my vessel. So for me, it was a combination of really focusing on my breath, being really present with the person in front of me. So then if it's presence over performance, uh, if I'm really with the person in front of me, not as much of this plays out. However, the thoughts still do. Because for me personally, I haven't got so much embodied physical evidence of, of now having uh, had, had sex uh, ha since, since having overcome this condition or disorder, right? So that right now is still the most used neural pathway in my brain. It's the most common and it's also the path of least resistance. So my, my, my mind will still choose that option over, over this, this new possibility. So in that moment, I choose not to shame myself because of a thought. Mm. It still may be present. It may be present that for, for some of my other brothers that they struggled to, to, to get it up as well. And that can be completely counter to, to what I was experiencing. I, I was like, it's always up. <laughs> Sometimes I want it down, you know, it's like, <laughs> yes. Uh, I feel like the, the thought process for the situation of coming too quickly, mm. um, can be very similar to not being able to get it up. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's very similar and I've never had that experience in, mm -hmm. in my physical body ever. So I, I'm not an authority to talk about that. I'm, That's fair. I'm like the erection guy like in this context, it's like, uh, um, yeah. And part of me wanted that to, to, to settle and to slow. And there's a really important key point in here. I must take self-responsibility for myself and so must my partner. This is a co-creation and actually most of what the, the treatments or the solutions for overcoming premature ejaculation are, uh, taking on more feminine self-care principles. This could be having a bath. This could be dancing. This could be connecting with my emotions, like really connecting mm -hmm. on, on slowing down and being still and in my, in my feminine essence, because what happens is my heart rate elevates and I move into fight, flight or freeze and more physical stress and agitation mm -hmm. in my body. And then if that's being reflected in my partner's energy, then her yoni, and when I say yoni, I mean her, it's the sacred. For listeners, it's pussy. Yeah, okay. yeah we're not... <laughs> we, we talk about it a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I'm doing too much pre-framing, but that's great. <laughs> maybe that that's, one, that's that quite one person that's really sensitive, you know, we were talking about something quite. No worries. Uh, if that woman is in stress, she A, won't be able to have an orgasm because there needs to be, or she'll have weak orgasms. So there needs to be a moment where her parasympathetic and her sympathetic nervous systems reach a symbiosis point with, without stress. So if, that, if I connect with my partner and her, she is stressed and therefore her yoni is stressed and it's, it's contracted and holding all of this tension inside of it, it mm -hmm. really pulls my seed. Mm -hmm. It's not a safe environment for my lingam to enter. Mm -hmm. So there's actually a level of self-responsibility that's needed for my partner, or in this case, if it's a woman I'm connecting with, to really slow down her energy. And, and the thought would be, how do I do that? How, how do I slow down someone else's energy that isn't me? If I slow down mine she will naturally match my energy mm -hmm. because the I think that's a I think that's a beautiful point and it it always comes back to the self right like any anytime we're stressed anytime we're feeling a trigger anytime we're not having good sex like it's it's just really important and just really thoughtful for us just to always bring it back to the self how can i make this experience better for me therefore for all mm. 
So yeah, uh, one another tantric tool in that book would be rather than focusing. This may be triggering just because the words that I use, but I'm I'm pre-framing it now. Focus on the base of my cock rather than the tip when I'm in penetration. Because mm-hmm. if I'm focusing on on this outward movement pointing towards someone else, my energy is going towards someone else. But if I mm. if I focus on my on my lingam or my penis and the energy is circulating through my own body then i'm less interested in 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 pushing it out and that that might sound Mm -hmm. simple but that simple awareness can can mean the difference between focusing and and over focusing on my partner versus my own energy and and Mm -hmm. then from there i can circulate the energy up into my heart and there's a lot of spaciousness in there to actually feel and emote more. And if I'm already connected with the first tantric tools being eye and breath, and now I'm connected to my heart, imagine how, how expansive that space is rather than I've got my eyes closed, I'm thinking about coming, uh, I'm worried about it, I'm already sort of in shame because I'm bringing the past forward. I'm bringing the most predictable outcome from the past forward and I'm reinstalling that same software. I'm just playing out the same neural pathway from the past because it's the part, it's the path of least resistance. It's going, it's going to happen again because I haven't made any shifts or changes. And yeah, literally one of the the best things that had, I had happened to me is I overcame this one week into the current course that I'm in, in with, with you personally. Right. And Mm -hmm two things happened. One, I set intention. Two, I had a, I had a group of 10 men hold that same intention for me. And that was powerful that everyone in that group wanted me to, to move through this. And then it, sim- it simply happened. I then had a phone call with, with one of my mentors and he goes, Hey Matt, you're this young, virile 20 something year old man. Right. I'm like, yeah. He's like, how many times could you come in succession? I'm like, I don't know, one, 55, 3,000. Like, I don't, I don't know. And then he just looks at me. Oh, he, doesn't, he doesn't look at me because he's on the phone. And he goes, uh, mm-hmm. what's the problem then? And then all I remember was, ah, oh. <laughs> just this. this <laughs> and, and then he's like, take the pressure off. Mm-hmm. What, like, is it, is, it, is it wrong that I ejaculated? And if I'm with the right partner and if I'm, if I respect myself enough and my communication is in place, won't part of her energy sort of like that, like that she's uh, facilitating pleasure for her man or again, it doesn't have to be male or female, but this is, mm-hmm. yeah, you understand. Yep. Yeah. So, so, and, and that may be her default too. Her default may be like, I want to be in my dark feminine, in my orchestrator, in my, in my seductress. And I, I want to make him come. And then maybe she mm-hmm. achieves that purpose. Maybe what would be uh, more edgy for her was, was, would be to take a step back and not have that happen. Maybe mm-hmm. I remember I engaged in this process with one of my ex-partners called Carezza, which comes from the Italian word to caress. And it literally is the process of entering the lingam into the yoni and not moving. And mm-hmm. we stayed in, in scissors position for an hour, <laughs> right? Not, not moving. And what happens is I, as the masculine takes on, I take on the feminine essence in full receivership and any trauma that she houses inside her yoni, it gets moved from from my masculine pillar through because I'm not moving. I'm not actually creating more back and forth tension or friction or, or, or trauma, right. That a lot of us have experienced when, when we were young and thought this is how I do it. Uh, so I actually create so much space in there and what can happen in that space is what's called Valley orgasms. So they're not the peaks that I described that, that go to the point of no return and that woman moves and I tip over and then it's all over. It's game over, right? Uh, this mm-hmm. is more, oh, wow. Uh, 
I'm feeling the ebb and flow of this woman's energy like a battery and the positive and negative poles start communicating mm-hmm. with one another. And that can be a really beautiful process. That could mean, uh, yeah, putting your lingam in, in your woman's yoni for five minutes a day without moving and then establishing that, that new neural pathway where you can connect with each other's eyes and really be with your partner and there's no goal. And maybe she'll really love that time you spend together mm-hmm. without having to do anything. And maybe that, will, that, that would be a huge shift in your relationship because you as the masculine who's always about doing and going fast and achieving his goals Imagine for me when I don't do anything and I just be. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like a lot of transformation and a lot of, like you mentioned, neuropathways, when we actually just be, when we take that time to be still, when we take that time to just be in the presence of another human being, I feel like that's when the most shifts occur for us. Mm. I, I hear you so fully. One thing I heard from uh, from Miroslav, the, the was it Miroslav? No, it was Vic. It was Vic, the the woman who, again, we're doing the course off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she mentioned something in one of her her seminars. Actually, the same speaking gig that I'm going to tonight, ironically, and she was talking about how Eros. This, this energy can be integrated into the body. And she mentioned to me around the talk tonight, quite vulnerably, like it's happening in a few hours. And she's mentioned this, this might be a good topic for you. And I'm just, I'm feeling it out whether it wants to fit. Yeah. I'm like, this is like, I've got mm-hmm. lots of shapes. I've got like a triangle shape and I'm wondering if it wants to go in the square, the square shaped hole. Mm-hmm. It might, but I might have to make some adjustments. Uh, she talks about uh, chasing shakti energy mm, yes within within me as a male so if i'm chasing like yeah like if i'm chasing the shakti energy um exter- external to self then surely i i as a man need to find that within myself that could it worded differently i i need to integrate more of my feminine or my feminine archetypes and cultivate that from within and mm-hmm. this modality of self-pleasure, which again does not mean masturbation, that could mean for me, most of my self-pleasure sessions, to be honest, if I'm being witnessed by someone is me sort of gently caressing my arms and then I'll get a pillow out and then I'll just start screaming. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, because I, I then through that anger, I, I allow any emotions that are, that are dense and sitting inside me. Uh, mm-hmm. Self-pleasure is not friction-based masturbation and it can include that after space is opened up to to move through whatever's required to move through it could just be Mm -hmm. like touching my body softly as emotions in the day have have come up so yeah i think there's there's a lot of i'm gonna take a moment Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the point. How can I bring in curiosity? How can I bring in curiosity into my into my sexual experiences? Mm, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine me now, and I'm going to use an, an analogy. Imagine I come in now and I've got this five kilogram box of water and it's quite heavy. Does that serve me to bring all of that weight, all of that baggage in with me to this new sexual experience and, and included inside this, this weight, this baggage, I, I have a lot of thoughts, have a lot of memories, have a lot of beliefs. I have a lot of stuff and it it's from the past. It's not, it's not this present moment because this present moment doesn't care about my past. It, it doesn't, it's, it's neutral. This present moment is neutral and has no relation to 
what I chose to, to project onto the current moment. Can mm -hmm. I enter? Can I enter this 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 space? And how about can I enter this space in between that space? So can I not focus on this painting and this roof? What's the space between me and and the walls? Can I connect so intimately and so slowly? that the moment and that person's energy starts to breathe me. Can I connect with the consciousness of that person's body and their energetic field? Because when I do that, I'm not deciding what I want to do to that person for my pleasure, for me. I'm responding to what is alive in that space. And that's huge because that comes mm -hmm. from so much stillness. And, and that might mean as I'm in this, I can feel a vibration in my, in my right arm. I may then shift that because consciousness moves so quickly. Mm -hmm. I may now feel that in my, in my neck. I may then feel tension in my partner's solar plexus, right? And, and from this spaciousness and dance, that whole new moment, that whole new expression of life can evolve and can flower uh, so, un mm -hmm. so unpredictably because this moment's new and, of course, this is a different experience. Someone thinks, why then would I compare what my, my past... Uh, it doesn't even make sense. I can't even put the words to it because it doesn't make sense. How can I put my past moments on these on this moment to make the past mean something about now? And mm -hmm. and then someone might just be like, Matt, you've overcomplicated it. Uh, how about you just say, be mindful? <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much, pretty much. And that wasn't normal for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. I, I know that um, being present is, people say it a lot, but the actual being present part doesn't come naturally for a lot of people. Everyone's caught up, like you said, in their past or they're caught up actually in their future. And it's a fact that I think it was over 70,000 thoughts a day and none of them are original thoughts. So that's either usually something you would have thought about the previous day or the day before that or the day before that or the day before that you're literally just rethinking this constant program that's re like that's just completely wired and just stuck in this cycle of pattern and you're never really experiencing this present moment as it is correct mm -hmm. yeah i totally resonate with that yeah and that that's even then going even more meta <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, that's what this moment is right now. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have something left to say, but, but the moment my energy responds with yours, I, I know there will be, there will be a thread or there'll be some form of, of inspiration. Like me bringing in, in, in this, if I came here and I had a, I had a speech planned for this talk, right? Uh, imagine again, I love metaphors, I think seems to be coming through. Imagine you and I, Kels, <laughs> we're, we're sitting across from one another, kind of like this, and we're having a coffee. And this is just two friends hanging out. Uh, imagine if I came with a speech of how we're going to talk when we have coffee. I feel like I would be talking to you, mm -hmm. but I don't know if there'd be any space for any back and forth. And exactly. And I think a lot of that happens in sexuality. I think a lot of here is my pre-recorded script of all my behaviors and beliefs and past and future and everything ever. And it's like, perfect. Thank you for bringing that forward. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it's irrelevant. Like I almost want to bring in another, another analogy, another metaphor within the metaphor. I just want to bring in a bin and I really just want, to put all of my past and all, and maybe some remnants of the future in that bin and just put it aside, at least for this, 
at least for this moment. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, if you think about it, if we really narrow it down to our, our own sexual experience with someone, when we're having that moment with this person, we're literally bringing, like you said, all of our shit, but we're also fucking them in the same way that we fucked the last person. So we're literally just on repeat doing the same goddamn things because we are reliving those those same situations and those same experiences every single time just like what you're saying mm. and that for me that's how i believe uh couples can become tired because they've established very uh well, they've, they've established established patterns mm -hmm. in, in rituals even rituals in, in their <laughs> relating it's like first i take my clothes off now that is step one. Step two is already automated. I am a robot. What do I do next? Like <laughs> mm -hmm. now, now I pick up one piece of clothing and I, and I hang it over the dresser because that's what I always mm -hmm. do. And it's like, ur, ur, ur. okay, what is, what is, what is step, what is step three? And imagine yep. if I was to swap that away like a fly and, and allow the curiosity of the moment to, to tell me what it wants most commonly is I can put my hand on another person's heart and that person's heart can tell me how it wants to be touched. Mm -hmm. Like the consciousness of that person's body can guide me and that might be weird and I don't really care if it is, but then I sort of get information that's like, Hey, it would, this person's body, it would feel really good if I moved my hand to the right and then top, top left. Then, and I start actually reading the energy that's in front of me. And as a result, most, not, not most, all of my moments moving forward are organic. And that doesn't have to relate mm -hmm. to the bedroom. That just means that I don't tend to have very similar days too. Uh, and then how can, and then it's not, it's not challenging for me to bring this to a stage. It's not challenging for me to bring my sexuality to a stage or, or because this is, this is how I live. And I talk about this stuff all the time. So there isn't a stretch of me. There's still vulnerability of like, Oh, I'm going to say the words premature ejaculation again. And if I don't preframe, mm -hmm. if I don't preframe that to the audience, uh, then that's a very heated word. And then any male is like, I'm not that, you know, yeah. most males would be don't shame me. Uh, mm -hmm. And for me, that was step one was step one was actually going, yeah, I'd love some assistance with this. And it was remarkable how quickly that it was three weeks, to be honest. And for me, it was like, I, I was connecting with a woman who I was head over heels, just, just so smitten about, I was just like, mm -hmm. yeah, this woman is a queen. And, and then, and she's being like really heart centered, really conscious in our in our sexual exploration it was like uh what do you need and it was like okay i really want to show up for myself in this moment and it it, it wasn't it wasn't the masculine process of doing all the pc muscle squeezes of which is just a muscle above our bladder i can't i can squeeze that and stop uh semen from coming out and it's it's not where my medicine was my medicine was in surrender mm -hmm. it doesn't come from from mass masculine squeezes or pushes or pulls or, or or this type of breath like if i'm now having sex and i go because i wanted to do fire breath that kind of looks mm -hmm. cool maybe i look like a dragon but it <laughs> it doesn't necessarily shift any of my of my matter my cells or all the softness in my internal world and, and connection with my heart. You know, if, if simply, mm. if I wasn't connected to my heart with my partner and I wasn't connected with my breath, with myself and with her, and I'm not slowing down, it's pretty simple to see why I'm coming quickly. Mm -hmm. And if she's stressed and agitated and she's never done any work on, on, on loosening any of that tension up inside her yoni. So there's like, the self-responsibility piece for me is even, I most likely would only relate with women who, again, this is not some sort of standard I bring to lovemaking, but I would, I would certainly 
like to think that 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 woman may use some form of feminine products, whether it be a, a yoni egg or or uh, a crystal wand or, or some devotional tools to mm-hmm. de-armor and to to remove a lot of the the tension that she's housing inside her body. And for men, that can be the the anus as well. We we do a lot of squeezing mm-hmm. and tensing and pulling. And if, if that tension sits in any particular body part or energy center, it serves me personally to, to clear that out of the way. So I'm a clear channel for my energy to move up and through my body. Like if I'm stuck in my lower three chakra points and there's no room to move, then I doubt I'm going to be having very empowering sexual experiences. So that, that can involve any, any form of de-armoring, massage, whatever's required to, to make these energy centers the cleanest they can be and excavating some of this trauma, this debris, this yeah. can even be past life memory that's stored in our body. And, and a lot of my work has been doing shadow work to look at the unhealed parts of my soul, to look at, mm-hmm. uh, oh, here's my sister wound, my father wound, my past life wound, and, and, and owning the parts of myself that, yeah, that are in, that are in the way of my, of my highest love, highest self-worth, high, highest expansion. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much, Matthew, for sharing that. Um, oof, I feel like I could talk to you forever. <laughs> There's a lot of pieces I want to touch on, but uh, for the sake of making this episode too long, perhaps there'll be a part two. <laughs> um, at this point, again, I, I just really want to thank you and I honor you for being so open and sharing your journey um, and being so vulnerable with it. At this point, I, re- I do really want to give you the stage, though, and this opportunity to share with all the listeners and the viewers uh, how they can reach you or work with you. You can share your social media, websites, if you have, whatever, whatever context. Wonderful. Okay. Amazing. I now have a, I now have a, ugh, I have a flyer, but I don't have words. So let me use both. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> perfect. I now have a flyer, which lists some of my offerings. So people can find me. There is a page. It was the first page. I already had it open. So if we're doing video, you can find me at Matthew <laughs> Watkins on Facebook. Matthew A. Watkins. There's an A in the middle in between my first name and surname for Instagram. And what this looks like is different packages. So, for example, down here, this is a somatic sexuality package that would be three online sessions with me and an in-person energy healing if that person lives close by obviously and Mm -hmm. up here I have much larger packages which are based around an archetype photo shoot so that includes an initial call a masculine and feminine course which describes the archetypes a lot more intimately uh they may then have one somatic session, which is like an intro session that Chelsea and I would, would offer too. So I'm sure <laughs> Chelsea offers these just the same as me. Uh, then there's an energy healing, the actual photo shoot in person, and then delivery of those photos, which includes the professional photo editing. And What's beautiful about this process is that any part of that, that someone can identify a need. They may have received uh, their initial consult, their initial somatic session with me and thought, wow, I'd like to work deeper with this, with this sexuality part. I didn't know there was all of this to discover. So my work kind of serves as a Trojan horse in a way, it's like someone comes to me for a photo shoot, but they actually receive what what their soul needs. And and yeah, my, mm. my, my package is called Remember You, uh, Soul Aligned Photo Shoots. So it's really about capturing our inner essence and, and bringing, bringing in a marriage of the masculine and feminine energies within ourselves to come back to love. 
And without, without that, that's, that's simply been the most powerful tool that I've used and, and know that with these, all these archetypes and different mental models, like we've mentioned human design and I mentioned epigenetics, we're talking about like Jungian archetypes, the, the map is not the territory. So the simplicity that we were talking about before just being, mm-hmm. just being and doing nothing, that may be more profound than, than this map. And, and, and all of these online digital platforms, it's like, is, is, is my astrology more profound than my ability to sit in nature and do nothing? <laughs> yes, yes and no. And I think there gets to be this beautiful interplay of, of what seems like magic. It's kind of the idea of neither, neither. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a space in between those polarities that space, the, the gray, the, the gray in between this dualistic, hermetic world that we live in of polarity and opposites. It's like, there must be north, so there must be south. There must be up, so there must be down. Uh, yeah. We, we live in the spiritual and the material. And, and integrating all parts of ourselves back to, to love and beingness is, is the work for me. So, you know, this case study on, on premature ejaculation may not have even needed to be brought up because what happened as a result of all of this self-awareness was self-love. And because I love me, other people can love me. It's, it's, not, mm-hmm. it's not about anyone else uh, and what they think about me because I'm whole, I'm complete, my cup is overflowing. I mean, I'm of, I'm of service. Yeah. So I don't, I don't care if this person's interested in me where in the past it was like, I'm that person's slightly interested in me. I must latch onto them. So yeah. Wrapping this bad boy up in a circle. I am worthy of it all. And I'm worthy to, to navigate life from my heart being the compass. And whether that that rite of passage, that 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 thing to overcome being premature ejaculation, it's somewhat irrelevant because I can just change my thoughts now. And I love I love myself irrelevant of of some perceived medical condition or or psychological condition or physical condition. Like I'm simply not sure too, having navigated through it. That's that's the most true thing I could say. I don't really know who I've become since, since moving through this, both from, from a time perspective because it's only recently happened and because I don't feel the same in my physical body. So I actually feel like an imposter talking to this because uh, I feel empowered now. But over there, I felt really shameful. And I don't really know what happened between shame and empowerment. And they're not necessarily opposites either. There's just, there's a lot of, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of space in, in, in between all of it. So yeah, my, my highest recommendation is actually just give yourself credit for acknowledging that that may be something you want to work on because that is enough sometimes. Hey universe, what resource tool person experience situation would be helpful for me in this moment to to move through premature ejaculation. It's like, boom, here's a course. Boom, here's this person that's moved through it. Like the, the idea of law, law of focus, what I focus on becomes my reality. Like if I look outside now and, and start watching cars move past and I just look for red minis, maybe I'll see so many more driving through the street than if I was to put it out of my memory. Because if, if I just decide, no, I haven't got premature ejaculation, it will just sort of rear its head in, in, in more unconscious ways. And it may actually take more from my energy than if I was to bring light, like a, like a flashlight in, into the shadow, into the murkiness and be like, I got this. Uh, it's not actually hard to move through because all I've got to do is do nothing. 
It's, it, mm-hmm. it's in my doing that I'm overcomplicating life. It's in my thinking and it's in my doing. How about in your being and in your relaxing, you will find so much more space in your physical body. Mm. Exactly. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for touching on that. Um, yeah, I want to thank you again, Matthew, for joining me in today's episode. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for joining me with today's episode. If you love what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on your listening platform so I can keep the goodness coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, you can interact with me and enjoy daily inspiration on Instagram at Chelsbra or visiting my website for one-to-one mentoring at chelsbra.com. I love you and appreciate you so much and can't wait to connect again in the next episode. Until then, turn your magic on loves and keep evolving.